Welcome to Being Mrs. S, Forever Newlywed, a podcast for the self-assured woman. I'll be talking about my life as a married woman. There will be some tea, plenty of shade, my views about world events, and sometimes me just plain devil's advocate. So, let's get into it. Well, hello, my Smooners. How are you doing? Oh, so this past week has been pretty in Denver, actually. Um, this time last year, we the the whole area was covered in snow. I remember making this tiny little mini snowman. It was so cute. But we've had a lot of sun, and the the uh, local news, uh, the weather keeps saying, oh, snow's coming, snow's coming. So this past weekend, I was like, all right, I better take this car out, um, you know, give it a little good run so that the battery doesn't just completely die off on me. So we did that on Saturday, me and my BDD. It was really fun. It's actually quite good. We went looking at some um, parts that we wanted. We were thinking of probably getting... And then um, I remember coming home and we were like, oh my God, that was so much fun. And I said, you know, if it, the weather is just as good tomorrow, let's let's do it again. So it was a date. We, we, we said, bet we'll do it. So the next morning uh, I got up, got dressed. And, you know, while I was getting dressed, I um, this, this movie, Irresistible, I think it's Irresistible. It's the John Stewart movie was on and, so we we watched it together, and then, you know, as the time went on, I was like, hmm, you know, I guess we're all going out today. And then my B unit turns to me, and he's like, you have a bra on. And I just died laughing. It was funny. I cracked up. I was like, yeah, I do have a bra on. <laughs> I guess that's now the sign that, yes, we're going out. Uh, because, I mean, with this corona I kid you not, for the whole year last year and this year, I've just been free as a bird <laughs> and loving it. So that was funny that he he pointed that out. I was like, oh, my husband noticed that I'm free as a bird. Anyway, so what are we going to talk about today? Oh, my God, today's topic is going to be oh, it's so sad. Um. So I think I've told you guys that I literally live on Facebook. Facebook and uh, and Amazon. Those are my go-to places. Um, and there's a lot of information that, like, flows through Facebook, actually. And you have to be, you have to know how to, you know, pick the actual true stories from what's not true or whatever. But... Um, so, you know, as I was doing my thing on Facebook, I came across a story that was just bananas to me. It was a little like, um, I don't know what, whether it was some kind of short blurb about telling, you know, just little, hey, uh, about life sort of thing, but it was about a lady called Joyce Carol Vincent. Um, 
I saw it. It was just a, a short um, blurb about about her, and the story was so. It was so sad. I was like, "This can't be real." Um, let me do some research. So I took I, I took the name and I, I I googled it. I also live in Google, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> I googled her name, and sure enough, this was a proper, like, true story. Joyce Carol Vincent. Um, so I'm gonna tell you about it, and then we're gonna I'm gonna talk about why the story the story is so sad, and why I thought I, I wanted to talk about it on my podcast. So Joyce Carol Vincent was born um, in Hammersmith in. Um, sometime October 1965. Um, she was, I think, the last of a, a family of five girls. Um, her her parents are from Grenada. Her father was from African descent, his, and her mother was Indian. So she was half, half African, half Indian, but from Grenada, from the West Indies, though. And uh, as I said, she was the fifth out of four girls. She had four older sisters. And right at the age of 11, her mother passed away. Her mother um, went to the hospital for an operation or something, but um, she never came back. And the way she found out, her father just pretty much just told her, matter of factly, no, no breaking it to her easily or anything. It was just, you know, your mom's no more. She's not coming back. And at the age of 11, this is how she, she found out that her, her, um, her mother had died. And, and the story is like really, really passionate because I, I really, I basically had to search everywhere to kind of get some information about this this lady, her her father at some point left her, um, left the family. So she was pretty much raised by her older sisters. And I think about at about the age of maybe 17, 16 or 17, she was on her own. Um, and um, she met some guy. Uh, what's the guy's name? William, I think it was his name. Was it Martin? I think it was Martin. She met him and and, and um, took a liking to him. And he was shocked that she liked him because when I tell you this, Joyce was a very pretty woman, very pretty. Um, and he was like, me? <laughs> Not me. And I guess he he asked her out and they started dating and anybody who saw them together were like, that's a very unlikely pair. Like, a, what, why, what does she see in you? Why does she want you? But I, I guess he was a good guy and she liked him. But this was, I think she was about 19 when she started dating this guy or started seeing him. But she had a full, she, she was working. She had a good job, um, you know, uh, she, she was in accounting or something like that. Actually, when I did the research, I found out that she actually uh, worked for Ernst and Young, uh, Ernst and Young at some point. Um, also, some law office and things like that. So she she was doing well. She had a good job. And she dated um, she dated Martin um, 
a lot of his friends were very interested in how there's another guy, William. I mean, I, I, uh, oh, while I was doing the research, I found out that her story was, um, there was a little documentary about her life story and it's called dreams of a life. If anyone's interested in it, go look for it. Cause I pretty much after I searched online, it was like, Oh, there's a movie about her. I've got to see this movie. So I looked it up and I found it on Amazon and then I watched it. And that's how I, I was able to get some of this, or some more of this information that I, I came across. So, um, she's very, as I said, she was very, very attractive. Um, and unassuming as well. And her, her, her mannerisms and or her temperament made people gravi- gravitate towards her. Uh, she's very well spoken, is what everybody said about her. And um, they said, you know, she didn't give it off, but you could tell that she was very intelligent. She was very bright. Um, she said she worked in the Treasury Department. And it's just very, very intriguing, her story. Um, so I kept searching, kept looking into, you know, reading up on her. And then obviously when I got that documentary and I watched it, um, she was, her friends thought of her as a drifter. She would drift in and out of their lives. Like one time she's there, next thing you don't see her anymore. She's gone. Um, as far as jobs are concerned, if something were to happen at a job, she would just quit. She'd walk out of the job and and that's it. She's not back to that job anymore. The more I researched it, the people were saying it's possible that she had, she was involved in a, in an abusive relationship. She must've dated somebody who abused her because at one point she was, um, in a battered woman's shelter or something like that. I mean, her life story is very choppy, you know. It was not all together. It's just different bits and pieces from here to here. But here's the kicker. At some point, she she started dating some um, industry, you know, musical guy. Uh, his name was Alistair. And there are other people around who are, who are musically inclined. And when she started dating this Alistair guy, she she said she wanted to sing. She wanted to be a singer. Now, as I watched the documentary, he didn't think she could sing. Everybody else who, who had met her or knew her said, oh, her voice was very beautiful and, and she could sing. But he said she, she couldn't sing. His, his interview, when he talked about her, there was a lot of... Uh, it was as if he detested her, him. And there was another girl. And I don't, I can't remember. I don't know if they ever mentioned the lady's name, but she just did not like her. The, the way she talked about her was, was not, um, it didn't seem like she had, she liked her at all. But at some point in Joyce's life, they all lived in an apartment together, in a, in a, in a house together. And that's how she she met her or how they knew her. But as this girl was was growing up, 
uh, so the the Martin guy, I think she dated him up onto her 21st birthday. Then she met this Alistair guy and they were all living together in the same place. He was an industry guy. She wanted to to put a song together. But here's here's what's more interesting about her. She met Betty Wright, Jimmy Cliff, Gil Scott Heron, Isaac Hayes, um, and the highlight was Mitten Mandela. And this boyfriend of hers says, like, he's met so many people. And one one person he really wanted to meet was Mandela. So I, bet, I think he'd come to London or something for an event. And he was hoping that he would get to meet Mandela. But he took her there as, as he was dating her. And next thing you know, she comes running up to him and she says, guess who I just met? And he was like, was it Denzel? Because there's all these um, stars and everything around. And she's like, no, I met Mandela. And he just was so upset because he was like, I wanted to meet Mandela. And this girl met Mandela. Um, so the story was that she didn't have any friends or or anything. That if she was dating somebody, she immediately, th- that person's friends became her friends. Like there was no, who do you know? There was nobody that they knew from her. It was just her dating somebody and automatically gaining all their friends and things like that. This Alistair did not have nice things to say about her. Um, from, from what I took, he said that she wasn't a person with a past and she wasn't a person with a future either. You know, it, <laughs> it, it was terrible. And I think what happened is that he picked up, picked up on her, uh, picked up from her or from her attitude that she just wanted to be alone. She didn't really want to share herself with anybody. Nobody really knew what was going on with her. He, you know, they thought maybe she was molested as a child. You know, she had some something happen between her and her dad because she had told everybody that her father died. So why is this story why was it intriguing or, or why, why, why is it something that I felt I needed to do the research on and talk about? Well, in 2003, Joyce died. She was in her living room. She was in a, a bedsit in, in, in North London. And I guess bedsits are like little flats that low income flats, you know, like, well, I guess something that would be considered section is section eight here in America where you, they subsidize housing. So part of the housing is paid by the, the, the council. And, you know, if I'm wrong, anyone listening, please correct me, but the council pays for a portion of it. And then you pay, so it's low income. And you're wondering why is she living in a low income place? Well, for instance, for one, everyone thought she was she was running away or trying to hide from an abusive relationship. So that's one thing. Um, she had quit her job and she told them she was going traveling. That another thing, the some of the people that had had been interviewed or when they tried to locate anyone who knew her, um, they said, "Oh, Joyce, she was high flying. You know, she knew celebrities, things like that." But this woman had left a job and was now living in a bedsit and she was doing um, 
like menial labor just to, to survive. But anyway, in 2003, she died. She, she was found, um, she, she died, she was sitting in front of her TV um, on her couch and, and died after wrapping maybe some Christmas presents or something like that. Okay, so she died. Why is that the, Why is that a thing? Okay, I'm going to tell you why it's a thing. She wasn't discovered until three years later, in 2006. Um, that's crazy to me. She was not discovered until three years later. And this is a woman who has four sisters and a father, even though she had told everybody that her father had died. Her father did not die until a year after her. So he died in 2004, she died in 2003. Um, so how was she discovered? Well, this is, this is, now I'm like, it's good to owe people money because they'll come after you. That's why they'll come and find you when you're owing money. And she was discovered because after three years, um, she had racked up, like, I think her, her rent bill was due and they were coming to evict her. So they had said knocking on the door and things like that. And then finally they broke in and that's how they discovered her, her pretty much rotten corpse, I guess, because the, the, the meat was probably all gone from the body and, and it was just her skeleton, uh, her, uh, the remains of her skeleton that were found on, you know, right there in the middle of the, uh, her sitting room. Um, they ruled that it was, she died from maybe she had, she had asthma and, and then an ulcer or something like that it was one of that that must've killed her. Her body was really, really badly decomposed. So there was no, they couldn't figure out any other thing. Um, the gifts that she was wrapping, they were all there. Didn't look like anything was missing from the house. So they didn't think, okay, she, it may have been murder. They just thought, you know, just she she had um, she had asthma and she had once before been um, admitted to the hospital for peptic ulcer or something like that. So it was one of those two things they figured must have killed her. But just think about it. She was in her flat all by herself. One year had gone by, two years, and after three years, just because bills stopped being paid, um, they came for her. And that's how they discovered her. Now you're wondering, okay, a, a rotten corpse, she's, it's not like she's, it's a house in a lonely area. She's living in, in what appears to be um, apartments, you know, some flats. Didn't anybody notice the putrid smell of rotten corpse or something like that? They smelled it. They just thought, oh, there's a, <laughs> rubbish around the house there. So maybe that's where the smell was coming from. You didn't think, oh, maybe somebody was dead. Also, her TV was on. And every now and then, maybe her neighbors would knock on the door and be like, turn down the TV or whatever. But that was it. Nobody called the cops and said, this, this TV has been on 24-7, 365 days of the year. Like, what gives? This lady was only discovered three years after her death. 
nobody was looking for her. Nobody wondered where she was, you know, where she was. This We're talking about somebody who was gorgeous, who men wanted to, to date, who, you know, she had four sisters and a father and nobody looked for this girl. And I just thought it was the, it's like the most depressing story ever. I don't know who else, who, if this has ever happened to anybody else before, just to think that somebody who from the outside looking at her, you just thought she had a great life. I mean, you talk to some of the people who knew her, they were like, oh no, she was great. And this like that. And it's like, what? She was dead for three years and nobody knew. It's just, it, it it was really sad. I and mean, it really got me thinking. Um, this Alistair guy, the one she was dating, apparently at some point she went back to him. And this is what he says. She came back to him and, and asked, said, you know, she messed up when they were dating or whatever. And she'd like for them to get back together. And he said, no, he's moved on, you know, and he didn't want to go back there. She would... <sighs> it, I, I don't know, but, um, and even in the documentary, nobody, none of her family members were interviewed. Um, but it, it's just, it's crazy. And she did a demo that I think they played her song at the end of, of the, of the movie. But it, I just thought, how is that even possible? How is it possible that someone can just go like that and nobody cared to look for her she was 38 when she died um so yeah it, it made me think and i just was i i was really sad for her i was sad for people who knew her and didn't didn't care enough to wonder about her um and Again, as I said, this year and the past year, the theme is personal responsibility. How much of that can you say is, you know, her fault? Is it because she, because of the things that had happened to her that she wasn't willing to share with anybody? Because nobody knew really what was behind her eyes, you know, her sad eyes, if she ever had sad eyes, because everybody said she was always fun to be around. She always was happy and bubbly and things like that. So if something happened to her, you know, those really close to her didn't know because she didn't share with them. They didn't know what was going on with her. Okay. All they knew is she's here today. She's gone tomorrow. And then, you know, years, months later, she, she comes back into your life and you're just happy to have her around. Nobody even cares to find where have you been? What happened to you? And if they asked, she didn't share. She didn't form any true long lasting relationships to where, you know, I mean, you have friends that you don't talk to for, for years or whatever. You talk to them again, and it's like there wasn't any 
space between. And then thank God, I mean, really for Facebook and all these different social media outlets, you know, even if you're not on the phone talking to your friend every day, maybe, you, you know, you can check out their, 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 um, profile and see, oh, they're active, you know, they, they did something today, you know, and things like that. But how often do you reach out to that person who, yeah, even though they have a, a Facebook profile or whatever social media, you see that they haven't, they haven't updated anything in a while. And, you know, how, how, how often do you check on those people, even though you think they have such a great life, like, like Joyce, um, appeared to have had. It's it's really sad that this is something that had to happen to someone who just who's just really beautiful. They showed a picture of her, the one picture they had, and then there was a clip of a video of of when she met Mandela. But you know she was in a crowd, and she was gorgeous. She was a very beautiful woman. You know, so it, this is what got me thinking. And I just thought, you know, it, it's it's there are a lot of single women out there. I have friends who are single. And I know, I remember how it was for me when I was single. Um, I, I always reached out. You know, there's, I, if, so I was on Facebook too. I remember I'd, I'd ask my sister, and I'm like, "What is wrong with you? Like, why don't you check for me?" You know, she's like, "Oh, I saw your Facebook profile. I check you out on Facebook, and I know I don't like really. You're my sister. You're checking me out on Facebook, you know." And I remember you saying all the time, like, "I'd be in in my in my uh, condo, and if the roof falls on my head, I it you know it'd be two weeks." And I was saying two weeks. You guys wouldn't even know what happened to me, and. And I would say this all the time and to actually think that this happened to somebody, somebody literally died in their apartment and they were dead for years and nobody knew that she was dead. That's horrible. So, you know, today was just the, the topic was uh, something I, I found out that happened in this, in this world and it's sad, but I have to say, you know, if if you're out there and you have someone that you were friends with a long time ago and you haven't heard from, reach out to that person, find out how they're doing, see if they're okay, you know, let them know that you're thinking about them and you care about them because, man, for Joyce to just, to leave this world like that and, 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 to be gone for many years and nobody searched for, for her. Nobody cared enough to find out what was going on with her. That's the saddest thing that could happen to a human being. And I don't wish that on anybody. So, yeah, that's what today's topic is about. Just spread love, I'd say. All right, I'll circle back. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please click on the support button.